Okay, welcome to the Peripheral Views Podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining us. It is January 19th, 2024. Um, I'm your host, Jake. My co-host, Errol, is once again joining me from afar. Errol, what's going on tonight, my friend? Oh, you know, I'm actually ready this time. I'm, <laughs> I'm good take to go. Two. I'm excited. This is a take two. This is a take two. We, we did pump out a fireside chat last week, which was nice. Um, but, uh, we're prepped and ready to go for a little blaze Foley talk. Uh, this will be another entry into the uh, music series of the podcast. I believe this is our fourth entry. Um, kind of a weird, um, you know, it actually is not exactly numeric, um, based on the idea that like we did do two parts. We did a two part on the Lupe fiasco episode. Um, but still same piece of music we talked about. So this will be our fourth piece of music in that series and the fourth, installment of music to talk about in that series um we're talking uh, it's a, and it's also a little bit of a side quest sort of because it's not really a studio album um as i'm sure you noticed errol it's it's more of a compilation of like recordings um it's called sitting by the road by uh by blaze foley blaze foley was um an absolutely iconic member of like a folk a folk movement of the uh, 70s and 60s, um, especially in in the in the southern USA. Um, pretty important figure in in music, just generally speaking. Um, quite a bit to talk about with him. But before we kind of dive into that, Errol, uh, what did you think about our fire our fireside chat? How we kicked things off? Do you think there was? Uh, um, I mean, how do you think that went overall? And what what are we gonna do next time? You think? Um. I, I think it was good for what it was. We didn't plan on it or anything, so it was kind of uh, definitely authentic. Kind of acted as like a primer, right? It was nice and short, pretty tight, but we only chatted for about what forty five minutes or so. Um, didn't really do a deep dive. I I anticipate just for the listenership to be aware, I would anticipate us kind of doing a bit more deep thinking stuff um, on those future fireside chats. I mean. It was impromptu. It was more just a, a bit of a filler episode, but it, a, a great I messed up. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. No, it's good. No, no listen. Like I said, I, I you gotta sometimes you gotta make you gotta make lemon or you know you gotta make lemonade when you get the, when you get them damn lemons. Yeah. So so you know this. You know. So this is a good uh good segue into something that I like recently kind of hit me like a truck. Um, okay, let's hear it. Life never gave us lemons. We gave life like, lemons. Lemons are a cross between a bitter orange and a citron. Also, they're like a hybrid uh, fruit. Yeah, they did. Are they technically they did, a fruit? They're a fruit, right? Because they have seeds. Yeah, yeah, but they are very much a hybrid. But yeah, they did not exist in nature. We didn't give life, or life didn't give us lemons. We gave life lemons. So you do what you want with that. We are the masters of our own universe. That's kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's a little cerebral. <laughs> that's that's uh no i love that though that's actually because you can it's just like everything though like everything is kind of like uh everything can kind of be spun philosophically to be like yeah glass moment. isn't glass isn't half full it's 100 percent full whether it's full with water or oxygen yeah it's still right. full right you can you can do a lot with with if you think all if it's it's if you think all the way down to something you can pull value from it pretty much however you want to spin it because it's it's all about the way that, it's all about perspective <laughs> Um, but no, I, int- I intend for that fireside chat, uh, discussion, the, the future discussions, which I think, um, we'll probably circle back to it in the next couple months. I would imagine we've got, we're kind of booked out as we discussed at the end of the episode, 
um, through through probably the end of March. Uh, but I would imagine we'll probably pump one or two out before the summertime. And then maybe over summer, we could actually sit down, do some outdoor recording, sit down around an actual fire, which would be, which would be nice. I'd like to do that. Um, but that, that being said, let's, uh, what do you, what do you say? Let's dive into some blaze Foley. Let's talk, uh, let's talk sitting by the road by blaze Foley. Um, pretty solid. P- I mean, I, I really want to talk blaze Foley just to kind of like introduce the figure, um, to the, uh, to the audience who have, or are unaware of his, like his, uh, music impact, cultural impact, just who he is as a person. Um, pretty interesting story. Errol, did you get a chance to read about the, the artist himself or did you kind of just focus more so on the, uh, on the music side of things for this record? I had to, I had to crunch for the music. So yeah, I wasn't I'm sorry. To, I had to, I had to, cr- I had to crunch for the music. So I wasn't able to look into the deputy dog. Oh man. He is, he is that he is indeed that he is. Um, so blaze was like a, he's a very interesting, interesting character in the world of music. He had like this, um, he was almost, it seemed as though, well, I will say this, I guess the the best way to kind of introduce things um, and to kind of start diving into his story a little bit is there's a bit of a connection, right? So there's going to be a a connection between this episode and a future episode that we're going to actually be doing in just a couple of weeks. And that connection is the, the bridge, I should say um, between these two episodes is actually an unexpected name. And that name is Ethan Hawke. Errol, you know Ethan Hawke, correct? Most people do. Yeah. An amazing actor. Well, um, not personally, but no, yeah. no. But you know of him, of course. Mm-hmm. As do as do most people. Ethan Hawke is a good bridge between two episodes that were between this episode and an episode we will do in the future. Um, and Ethan Hawke actually um, directed a film. He wrote and directed a film called called Blaze, and it's about Blaze Foley. Um, Ethan Hawke is from Austin, Texas. Um, that is where Blaze Foley, uh, the the artist. Um, he didn't grow up there, but he spent a lot of his time um, kind of bouncing around doing small gigs. And he was very much discovered by um, he was discovered by a lot of these these very like famous folk singers, uh, which I think we mentioned in the previous podcast a little bit. Um, but Towns Van Zant and um, Steve Earle and um, John Prine and uh, I believe we even discussed Chris uh, Christopherson. The, these guys are are like the they're like the pioneers of like uh, t- you know country folk where it's it's just an acoustic usually it's like an acoustic sound with some technical um, picking like a different style of picking a newer style of picking um, and uh, it's it's a little bit faster. Some of it's a little bit slower. A lot of sweet songs, very soft. And, and there was also a movement going on in Greenwich Village, uh, New York, as well. So I bring Ethan Hawke into the into the equation because not only did Ethan Hawke make this film about Blaze Foley because of the uh, the legend, the Texas legend that he was, um, and Ethan Hawke kind of having grown up listening to the stories of, of Blaze Foley as he as he was coming of age. But he also uh, was responsible and he actually played the role and was um, he, he played the role of uh, Chet Baker. OK. Film. And it's called the film is called um, and I don't mean to jump ahead to 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 the Chet Baker episode, but we are going to do a, a biography on the uh, the trumpetist or trumpeteer um, Chet Baker. And the film is called Born to uh, Born to Blue, Born to be Blue. And it's uh, basically Ethan Hawke playing uh, Chet Baker. I've seen the film. Um, 
so between the two films, the, the you know Ethan Hawke, I think Ethan Hawke might have a pretty solid like <laughs> this dude likes a lot of the same music. I think is uh, the connection there, point of connection. But um, he's uh, he's responsible for the film Blaze, which covered this. So if anybody's looking for like a cinematic or a you know a, a, a more theatrical telling of the of the Blaze Foley story, um, that film is that film was was pretty well received. I have not actually seen it. I I only know about blaze through his music and just reading about him. Um, but a, uh, a pretty well received film and, and a lot of people liked it. And, and it was, um, it was, uh, it's been, it came out in 2018 as a, a good kind of passageway into blaze Foley as a, as an artist. Um, but blaze was a troubled guy. I mean, this, this, it's it, it, I've seen interviews with, uh, with Ethan Hawke and with some people that knew blaze Um including i believe uh uh his long time not, not i don't know if they were technically partners but they were um s- somewhere along the lines of that uh, they they lived in a treehouse together I, i'm i'm struggling to pull her name here if you just give me a quick second um sybil rosen that's that's her name so they, they kind of lived together and she was a lot of the inspiration for a lot of his music. She wrote a book called living in the woods in a tree, uh, remembering blaze. So that was, that was the book that the film was based on. And it kind of told a lot of the story about blaze and what he went through. And he, he was troubled for sure. Troubled very, very much, um, very much an alcoholic. Um, I think a lot of drugs were involved. Um, and he also was, uh, like, like I said, he was friends with uh, Towns Van Zant. Towns Van Zant, notorious uh, drug use um, and alcoholism, uh, very destructive. And the story goes that Blaze was basically just like allergic to success. Like this dude, every time that he a record deal or some kind of opportunity was like knocking at his door, because he, he, as you can tell, like clearly has a songwriting talent. Like it's it's pretty obvious just listening to the way he. He sings, he has a very unique voice, his picking is exceptional, and his his songwriting is also exceptional. And he would just he would tarnish basically any opportunity he ever got. Um it's not like a like the most explored human emotion, but self-destruction's a very real thing. Um for sure. We talk about the we talk about it a lot, but the uh, the story of Icarus. There's one one theory that he's just a angsty teenager who's like, you can't tell me what to do. What's the worst that can happen? And then suffers from not heeding his father's warning. Other theory is that he he wanted to fail. He yeah, he knew was, what would happen. I think that I think that's what it meant to fully or blaze fully. I, I think that's basically what his his kind of like reputation was. Is that like he would just go on a bender and just kind of disappear. And I really wish I had read this book. Cause I think the book from uh, Sybil, Sybil Rosen was like the, um, I think there was, it's mostly like a tell all of, of what, of what blaze was going through. But the guy was just um, by all accounts, not like a, not a violent bad guy, like se- seemingly beloved by like most of the people in the community, um, the folk community in, in Austin, Texas and, 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 you know, throughout the state of Texas, wherever he was playing. Um, <laughs> and it seemed as though he was, he was truly beloved, but, but I think the key, the key word there is self-destructive. Like, I think that was, that was a lot of it. Um, 
but a fascinating, a fascinating guy. And you can tell, you can kind of tell there's like a very, like there's a tenderness to the man that you can really feel through his music. Um, and, and, and I will say this, um, I, I guess we could go right into like how things kind of, kind of ended. Um, so blaze was blaze was killed. Um, he was, he was, he was actually murdered at the age of 39, um, because of a bit of a, uh, some, something along the lines of a confrontation. Um, Carrie January was the, is, uh, who was, um, it's, it's a complicated story. I'll read it from Wikipedia. It's kind of the, uh, the best place. This is the place that kind of tells it in, in full in at least a paragraph or so. So I'll read it here. On February 1st, 1989, Foley was at a house in Bolden Creek neighborhood of Austin, Texas, where he was shot in the chest and killed by Kerry January, the son of Foley's friend, Concho January. Uh, Foley was, had confronted Kerry January, accusing him of stealing his father's veteran pension and welfare checks. Kerry January was acquitted of first-degree murder by reason of self-defense. He and his father presented completely different versions of the shooting at the trial. Uh, Concho January, who has since died, liked to drink and proved an unreliable witness, even though he tried to testify against his son. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, a, once again, a, a tragic ending and a kind of a freak thing. Cause I don't think that he was surrounded by violent people and didn't really behave violently as, as far as, it's, you know, he doesn't have like a lengthy criminal background. I think this was just, um, a happy, yeah, but for some reason though, like musicians, they always do like crazy stuff. You know what I mean? They're always on that fringe. It's true. Especially like guys like this who are just. I mean, this dude's living. He lived in a treehouse for a very long time with, uh, with the, um, <clears throat> with his with his his lover, uh, Sybil Rosen. Like the these two, they actually lived in. I think, and the, the important part about this um, about this compilation of of music from Lost Art Records, sitting by the road, is that um, these recordings were from that treehouse. Um, these were like very poor equipment they used very poor equipment and i i really like that about it that's one of the things that kind of drew me to it is how poor the recordings are um there it's it works for this style of music there's a lot of other kind of music where that wouldn't that wouldn't play you actually are going to want some like production value um i really like the what this did for these songs oh yeah i think it i think it sounds more intimate and like you were saying earlier um you said like uh, it seems like he's kind of like opening up like a part of himself. Like it does seem like he definitely has like a wall up, but it's like inviting you in to see like a piece of you know what was going on. It's just nice, like you know what you know what the whole album reminds me of, other than like you know like quote unquote like sin by the road, which is kind of literally what it is. It's like a if you were like a um like a couple like train hoppers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a couple just of like chilling. Right, yeah. just two two random guys just like chilling, just hanging out, telling stories. It's a, it's actually it would have been a great. This is this is campfire music, you know. Mm -hmm. This is some. This is just sitting by a campfire with a, an acoustic guitar and just plucking away on on an old an old ratty acoustic guitar and like somebody pulls out a little tape recorder and, and happens to catch some some magic and like. His voice is so unique. He's he's a unique fella. He, I will say this: the one thing I, I I've I hate to like comment on his appearance, but like he died. He was murdered at age thirty nine. The man looks incredibly old. Like I can't. I, I I don't know if that's from the hard living of of. of Looks like Burt Reynolds. Oh my God! He's well. He just 
it, it's like in the eyes almost like he, he truly does look like a 50, 60 year old man, but he, he, in most of the, uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos you can watch him play and you can watch him kind of toe tap along and, um, and play his songs. They're, they're all over the place. And he does have a lot of like, he has a lot of recorded music that is out there. Nothing, no big studio albums, never quite made it to that. And I don't know that he ever really wanted to, um, according to, um, some of the interviews I've, I've listened to about, about him. Um, I think he's a real fascinating guy. He's not, he's, he's not exactly a pivot. He's, he's a great case of what could have been. I, I think, I, I really think he had the talent to become a, you know, one of those guys, uh, a member of that, of the, the you know, the Chris Christopherson's, the, the Towns Van Zant's, the Steve Earls, like he, he could have, he could have made his way into that, in that collection of uh, writers. Cause I think he had the writing skill and, um, you know, and, and if you get praise and you get you get a famous cover from the legendary John Prine, um, let's just say that you 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 certainly you certainly made an impact um, at that point. Um, so uh, that's a little intro to Blaze Foley, kind of an intro and an outro. We kind of covered the whole the man's story is is unfortunately his his music career was cut short. He was cut down by by a you know, in kind of an old West fashion too, right? Like his murder was like very, very much yeah. like the story of a Western. Um, it's like an outlaw story. So it somewhat in his prime, somewhat, yeah, somewhat fitting, somewhat fitting, unfortunately for him. Um, but that being said, let's dive into the album. Let's uh, we'll do it. We'll, we'll go track by track. There's only 12 tracks. They're pretty short. We'll do a quick sample for each. Um, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll close out the, uh, we'll close out our thoughts on the album and, and uh, in whole, along with a, a quick rating and review to close out the album. But uh, first up, early ready to pump it out. Let's do it. The first song. It's a great song. It's one of the, one of my favorite songs on the, on the album. Um, this one's called big cheeseburgers, good French fries. I got an angel of warm with big brown eyes, got friends in the country, no neckties, love big cheeseburgers and good french fries, good goldfish, but fish draw flies, could go swimming if it ain't too deep, rather to sit here and rest my feet, no I ain't lazy cause I don't like to sleep, I might just be lazy you. I want to live in the city, have a telephone, I want to live in the country, throw my dog a bone, ride on a spaceship, I want to get lost, mom still tell me about the penny calls. Ride a bicycle up my ass and sore Sell a holy bible from door to door Used to be stupid but ain't no more Might just be stupid to you That's big cheeseburgers and good French fries. Arrow, tell us what you think. Uh, I really like it. It's a like an unapologetic song about um, just like what he likes and not caring what anyone else thinks. Yeah, it's really like a it's it, it's about as simple as as a song gets. Um, and right. it's also just like it's super endearing. Like I like I really like his like. This this just grounds the artist right here. This just takes the man, brings him right down, right down to earth. He likes what you like, you like what he likes, um, and some and he, he your judgments of what he likes don't matter to him. Not he knows me. he knows what 
he knows what he is and uh, he knows what it could be seen like, but uh, like that's your opinion. Yeah. Might just be lazy to you. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that for him. It doesn't matter. Um, no, I think this is one of the one of the catchier songs on on because because it's got that like it's 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 you get four lines and then he and then he cuts it. It's, it's it's very repetitive. It's very easy to memorize. It's got a great hook, great chorus. Um, angel, a woman with big brown eyes, friends in the country, old neckties, big cheeseburgers, and good French fries could go fish, fishing, but the fish draw flies. And he's trying to use damn cheeseburgers. Right. So, uh, he already has everything he needs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fantastic. It's, it's such a, it's just a simple, basic little song. It's like, ball. and it's in its country, but he's like, let's be real. Like, it's not like we don't need to go like fishing and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. do all that, go hunting every day. He's like, big cheeseburger and good French fries. He's like, let's be real. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just relaxing. Like, this is just, this, this man is just like, it, it it really kind of embodies his soul, like he's just he in in a, in a in a southern style of living too, like in a big way because he's he's just he's not overthinking it. It's not over. It's it, it's not trying to be more than it is. He, he I think when he sat down to write the song, he was just like, I'm just gonna. I found this nice riff. I've got a good melody to it. I'm just gonna fill it in with the things I like to I like in this world and the things that bring me simplicity and peace. And uh, and and by the way, who the hell doesn't like a damn big ass cheeseburger with some nice fries. Yeah, no, I think it's a I think it's a good uh good start to the album. They got some tasty burgers. <laughs> All right, that being I never said, had a big kahuna burger. I never had no big kahuna burger. Look at the big brain on bread. <laughs> Are we going to talk pulp fiction on this podcast one day? Yeah, that's. I mean, <laughs> it is supposed to be peripheral views, and everyone like really likes Pulp Fiction. But there's <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. We've. I feel like the only reason we had. If we only... the, the problem with Tarantino is like, I would love to talk Tarantino, but like he, all of his movies, none of his movies are peripheral. Like in terms of right, like, and that's the reason more. why we haven't done anything yet. So don't get us wrong, we love him. No, I th- I think we could uh, still probably work something in Reservoir. We Dogs. probably will. I, think, I, mean, I would only... like. I would like to do Reservoir Dogs if anything, but. Um, only a matter of time yeah it's just it's the clock is just ticking when we get to him but um back to blaze foley and sitting by the road let's move into uh what is probably i think inarguably the most important song on, on this album and uh, will probably provoke the most um the most amount of dialogue from you and i and most discussion about any one song on the album this one coming up take a listen this one's called clay pigeons <laughs> I'm going down to Greyhound Station Gonna get a ticket to ride Find a big fat lady with two or three kids And sit down by her side Ride till the sun comes up and down around me About two or three times Smoking cigarettes in the last seat Try to hide my sorrow from the people I meet And get along with it all Go down where people say all Sing a song with a friend Change the shape of a man And get back in the game Start playing again I'd like to stay But I might have to go To start over again Might go back down to Texas I might go to somewhere I've never been 
get up in the morning, go out at night, and I won't have to go home. Get used to being alone and change the words of the song. Start singing again. All right, that's Clay Pigeons. Uh, Errol, are you familiar with this song? I guess would be my like startup question. No, I wasn't, but I, I see like a lot of people covering it. Oh man, this is the one right here. So this is a very important song in the career of Blaze Foley, uh, first and foremost. Um, I think it's his. I think it's the best song. It's it's the best written song I think he's ever he's ever made. Um, and it was like you said, it was. It's been covered a million times. It has been. It is his song. This is an original writing from him. But uh, the the version um, covered by uh, that was covered by John Prine. Um, ended up being a part of a, an album that actually was a, a Grammy award winning. Um, so th- the song got its accolades under John Prine and John Prine tells many a story about blaze Foley and the way that he was and his nature. And um, there was actually a, there's a, I heard a story about, about blaze um, that he used to go whenever John Prine would come down to, to a, a club or a, a venue in Texas Um John Prime and this is before John Prime was who he was. John Prime, one of the great, uh, rest in peace, one of the great songwriters in the history of, of American music. Um, he used to, whenever he would play before he was famous, he would play these small little little clubs, little venues or whatever. And and it was told that Blaze Foley would just he would just go down to this to these sets of John Prime's and he would just sit cross legged right under the stage. And just sit there and stare and listen and absorb and just like a sponge, just like absolutely mesmerize over the writings of John Prine, um, and uh, in his obsession with it. So I think it's it's a beautiful story because it's you know to know that John Prine would go on to become who he became and then go and cover a Blaze Foley song uh, long after his death and make it way more famous and really sparked a lot of people to go back and listen to Blaze Foley's music. Um, I think John Prine has a big role in the exposure Blaze Foley got posthumously as a, as an artist in the world. Um, what do you think about the writing in the song uh, overall? I believe you're muted, sir. I, I believe you're right. Um, I really like it because it's it like it's it seems like really deep, but at the same time, it kind of like like lulls you through it. It's almost like a it's almost like a lullaby. Yeah, in some ways, it's it's really a song about. you know, it's it's a song about being in the South, like a lot of it is. A lot of it's trying to, you know, explain what the you know the the mundanity of of being Southern. You know, um, and uh, a lot of it is, you know, it's it's one of those songs where like I think he's, um, I think he's really kind of digging at being without um, love and without a home. You know, like without truly having a home, um, but but feeling home when he when he's in the South. Um, so like having to, you know, having to travel for gigs, having to move around to, to make money to, you know, as a musician and what it's like to be lonely, but also to know, um, to reconnect with the feeling of being, of being home. Um, right. Having, having something, some familiarity. Yeah. I love the inverse of like feeding the pigeons some clay. 
um, which I think is really funny, um, a, a funny spin on like uh, uh, <coughs> disc target shooting and shit. Um, it's like a nice little, nice little. Uh, this is a good annotation here from a contributor on uh, on a genius that I really liked from uh, uh, from genius dot com. Uh, the contributor, I'd like to quote, I'd like to credit him, but I don't have him pulled up here. It is uh, W W Jeans was the contributor of this of this comment, which I really thought was good. Um, it's a play on clay pigeons, a nickname for a clay dish target targets used used in trap shooting. Uh, the metaphor isn't belabored, leaving the listener to determine the meaning behind the image. In the context of the song, the world-weary re- and downtrodden singer is licking his wounds as he looks to regain his footing may identify with the pigeons. Harmless creatures of gentle songs, sometimes reviled as a nuisance, merely for existing as they scrounge to get by. That <clears throat> that he feels compelled to, feel, to feed them builds on the underlying theme that he's a generous spirit trying to find something to contribute. When I know what to say, quote-unquote. <clears throat> but that he, but that he'd feed them clay brings it back to the fact that he's that he feels like he has almost nothing to offer. For now, he feels like for now, for now he feels like little more than target practice for a cruel world. Um, I think that was perfect, and I really do think it is like because most of his songs are so somber, right? And he he actually mentions mm-hmm. some of the songwriting, like um, about writing writing. He, most of the time, he writes sad songs, and. Uh, but they are sweet. They're sweet by nature and they're, they're, they're quite nice. Yeah. They're not like sad for the sake of just being sad. No, 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 no. They're, and he does have something to say too. And um, they're like, uh, they are, they're written, they're written like old country classics while in the, while sounding like the form of like a, of a, of a, of a new age at the time folk song, like a quiet little acoustic folk song. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the lyrics, some of the lyrics were changed from this uh, when uh, I guess John Prine, who's maybe a little, maybe a little kinder soul um, changed the lyric. Find when, when he says, find that big fat lady with two or three kids and sit down by her side, he changed it. Um, he actually changed the lyric from that. Uh, find He just says, find that lady, I believe, um, which is a little nicer. Although I I do I do kind of feel like there's some like almost a descriptive realism that Blaze brings to that line by describing her as a big fat lady. Like, I could see kids. it on the bus. Yeah, it's just that that descriptor. Like, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's not nice to call her a big fat lady, but like there are big fat ladies in the world. Like they exist. Like they're fat people all right. of all kinds. So like, um, I mean, I, I I think he was just describing what he was seeing when he wrote the song, um, but. And maybe he rode the bus so many times that he just, you know, he's talking about like what he's like that one lady. Yeah, that's that's the it's the same. Maybe it's the same lady or he saw the same woman multiple times in different. But it was different women. They just, you know, they, they reminded him of each other. Um, but yeah, his like it is. A, it's, there's a sense of longing and a sense of lone lonesomeness that he's exuding through the song. It's it's not really having a purpose or trying to find his purpose. And um you know, ride the ride in the ride till the sun comes up and down around me about two or three times. I mean, he's he's, he's traveling. I mean, he's trying to make a living as a musician, and he's alone, and he doesn't have a true home. But the the South feels like home, Texas, whatever it is. Um, I think it's a beautiful song. It really is. It's and it, it became a classic after John Prine covered it. Um, I really think it's a great one. Um, but that being said, let's move into the next one. We'll keep things rolling. The next one is our title track for the compilation record. This one's called Sitting by the Road. 
my road Going nowhere I'll get there somehow someday Some way I know Sit my road Looking at the sky Wonder where we go Why do we die Why did I say That I really tried To sit my road Not a doubt in my mind But if you believe that You believe anything Staying when it's nice Go out when it rains What's bad about that When you sit my road this one this one this one actually is in my upper echelon for this uh for the blaze foley songs for sure errol what are your thoughts on it oh no i think this is really nice too they could have either did this one um or the uh big cheeseburger and good french fries for the first song yeah yeah it really could have worked in either in either case i agree with <laughs> i think they're both like the flagships of it yeah, they embody his his nature as a person. Mm-hmm. Right? He's he's kind of tongue in cheek. He's a little sarcastic. Um, he's just kind of he, he's telling his listeners like, well, first of all, it seems as though he's 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 uh, he's been kicked to the curb, right? Like that's the the idea of the song. Like his relation, he his relationship is over, and he's now he's now he's out by the road. Like, um, because I I get that sense from the line, like, why did I say that I'd really try, um. Well, and so from that one too, I, you know what I got from that? Like, uh, like you said, how he never really truly tried to get in that like upper echelon of like the greatest of the greats. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Nope. I feel like, uh, you know, he's just sitting by the road, like wondering all this stuff. And he's like, why did I say like, I'd actually like, you know, Give try to do all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't, he's like, I just want to chill. He's like, yeah, I mean, his nature is fantastic. I mean, it's just great. He's just like, he doesn't need anything. He just needs, he just needs a guitar and just to sit by the road and take off your shoes, play with your feet. And he's need a rest. Don't need nothing to eat. Like he's just, he just, the song is about living a simple life and being simple. And like, it is, it's also kind of like that, you know, that glass half full or uh, making lemonade out of lemons. Um He's he's just got a good disposition about it. He's, he's good. Like he, he, things aren't going that well. But wondering where do we go? Why do we die? Like I mean, he's he's just a thinking man, but mostly a thinker and, and not so much a doer. Mm-hmm. It's a I, I get a really what kind of imagery does this this one land with you? Because I, I think of like an old an old dusty dirt road in the south, like on a countryside in the middle of like a hot summer day. That's what, that's what comes to mind for me. Yeah. Me too. Like a bus stop. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging. He's just, he's just, he's just sitting by the road, just sitting by the road with a guitar sitting on maybe a bag, a bag of his goods and just, just, just tapping away. Just playing. And like legitimately has nothing to do. Yeah. Just sitting by the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great tune. Um, but let's, uh, we'll keep this train rolling. Um, Errol, have I, well, I guess I should ask, uh, have I, have I hit, we were going to play, well, let's play this game at the end is I'm going to try to pick your, what I think is going to be your favorite song. So let's, we'll, we'll do that at the very end. Let's move into the next one. Uh, this one coming up, this one's called uh, slow boat to China. Mm-hmm. 
long, hot, lonely, lonely night in Texas. Long, hot, lonely, lonely night for me. Woman on my mind, we all from Georgia. Pretty woman that I'd ever see. Pretty face and sweet, sweet smile in Georgia. Sweet, sweet kisses gonna melt my tennis shoes. Wraps her arms around me back in Georgia. Drives me wild. She drove away my blues. All right, slow boat to China. Errol, I like this one a lot more than most of them on this one. This one, this one speaks to me. It's nice and slow. Something about it seems real familiar too. I don't know what it was. The first time I heard it, like where, when he gets, when he kind of brings in the hook of the, each, the end of each measure, I'm just like, I feel like I've heard this song like a million times, but I know that he, it's not because it's not because he's ripping somebody off. It feels like this song has been ripped off a lot. You know what? There's like a couple songs like that, that I hear. We're like, I just kind of know what he's about to say, but even though mm-hmm. like the first time I heard it, when it, when he says, when he says, uh, woman on my mind way off in Georgia, like as soon as he says, I just knew he was going to say Georgia. I don't even know why I just did. It's, I think I'd heard this. Maybe I'd heard the song, per, you know, peripherally, no pun intended at some point, um, where I just, it just clicked, but I just kind of knew he was going to, there's something very familiar about the song. And I really, it's a, it's an old classic, soft, slow slow like molasses blues song like a mississippi delta blues song brought to a snail's crawl oh yeah this this song's definitely like uh it's they're on a ferry mm-hmm. yep they're moving at the pace of a slow boat to china and then any the the pace of the song just fits exactly with that with that with that that trope it's right there um, it's on a river boat in the bayou mm-hmm. just 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 tugging along just a tugboat just moving along through the bayou um, real hot, it's a real sweaty night. That's what I, I heard. Like a, the buzzards, just or the uh, the uh, what, they, what do you call them? The uh, what are those southern those southern bugs that kind of chirp real loud at night? Not crickets, but they're there's they're a specific bug. I can't remember what they're called. There's a lot of them in like southern Virginia in the swamps and whatnot. But um, that's kind of part of the imagery, though. Is and it, and it works really well. Do you what, does this one land in your top? You know, is this in your upper echelon as well, or is this one kind of like on the back end of things for you? Um, I really like it, but it's kind of on the back end for me. <laughs> okay. This seems like a, one of the nicest songs on the album to like dance with your loved one in the kitchen to, though. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Yeah, it's because it's nice and soft and slow. It's like you're winding down the evening. It probably mm-hmm. would have worked a little better later in the album, but the way the album kind of flows and let remind me or reminder this isn't the way this album was not constructed the way blaze foley would have wanted it he was long dead when this was compiled um so they put these they put these together in just a different order that just the order they thought uh, lost our records how they thought it would fit together um but i kind of like how this this album i like i do like how they did it it kind of ebbs and flows where like it'll pick up a little bit and then it goes to a kind of a slower song and then it'll pick up a little bit and then 
it kind of like uh, moves very like seamlessly through the album. Uh, but let's move into the next one. We've got uh, we've got a handful more here going. Let's do uh, next song up is called this one's called Election Day. Day. This is this is probably top three for me. Easy, easily top three, I'd say. This one's great, and it's nice and short and sweet. It's not complicated, but it does. I think there's just something to it, though, in terms of the writing. I think he's getting at something. Errol, what do you think? What are your initial thoughts? Um, it's it's just it's a it's almost like a direct critique on like the war on drugs. Yeah, it really. That's exactly what I was getting at. Continue on that. Take that apart. And- and like he's right. He's like, dude, I got like I got like thirty dollars worth of weed. Like fifty I spent fifty bucks on this, like for like a minute amount of whatever drug he had. He's like, it cost me too much money because like this is all I had. And it's like and it probably isn't even enough. Like to one get me in trouble or two, like like I am not the people you're after. No, I, and, I think it's I think it's different. I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna kind of pull. I want to see if I can pull you or persuade you a, a little bit in a different direction. I think he's literally. It might not even necessarily be about the war on drugs. I think it's I think it's more so about. Um, I mean, it is. It's it's pretty obvious that it's like when he says stuff and the police are taking his stuff. I think it's mostly. Um, I think it's mostly about like promises that the politicians are making, and like. Hey, don't don't hey, government or, or or law enforcement official who is kind of like a, a talking is almost like a, a caricature of the government. Don't take my stuff because it, it don't t- don't take my stuff because it, it, it's attached to all my money. It cost me too much. And don't you know that there's an election day coming? Didn't I hear you guys tell me that like once the elections here, you guys made all these promises at, during the during the election cycle that like things would be different. So I've got enough to get me to that election day. Once election day is here, then it, it's going to be all right. It's going to be good. You won't have to take my stuff anymore because you guys are going to fulfill your promises, right? Like I think that's what he's that's what he's kind of getting at. He's like the the bullshit messaging of political campaigns that when election day comes that everything's actually going to be great now that he's he's peddling the same thing to them yeah Yeah, exactly he's like once once i get to election day everything's going to be good right because then all the laws will be different because you guys promised all of your promises will come true once you've been elected right um i think it's a very it's actually a pretty smart 
piece of writing from him. It's very small and, and, and simplistic in terms of its approach. I do I do like the picking style too. The picking style is like a little bit more technical. It's a little bit more um, offbeat, off kilter, but it's also a little faster, right? So it's like it's a little quick mm-hmm. little song too. It goes by in a flash. It's only a little over two minutes, like most of the songs, but like it kind of like he kind of just cycles through these these uh, these. I think it's like 12 measures or not even, I think it's actually eight, eight measures of lyrics. Um, and he blows right through them. Um, but I definitely one of my favorites. Cause I, I think this one it's, it's got the blaze Foley sound. It's got that it's a, it's catchy and it's got some messaging that I actually think, I think it's one of his more deeper, more deeply written songs. Do you, do you think I'm onto something there? Or is that maybe I'm, maybe I'm teasing that apart a little too much. No, no, I think I think there's a lot to it, and I think there's a reason why it's so small. It's because of that. He got everything he wanted like into it. Yeah, I think that could be right. That could be about right. Um, okay, let's move to the next one. We'll keep things rolling. Next one's gonna coming up is gonna be Let Me Ride in Your Big Cadillac. Coming up next. Let me ride in your big Cadillac, oh Jesus, let me ride in your big Cadillac. I can see the pearly gates where the angels wait, standing all around your big Cadillac. Won't you take me by the hand, lead me to the promised land, and let me ride in your big Cadillac? Does Saint Peter know that I? All right, that's "Let Me Ride in Your Big Cadillac." Errol, this is the damn hearse song. This is about dying. Tell me all about it. And you can only do that when you're unmuted. It, is it at the I, yeah i suppose it is the her song it's a damn her song you know what i i got from this let's hear it maybe maybe you've got something better than because i mean that's my interpretation of the big cadillac is that it's hearst but am i am i off am i what do what you what do you got tell me what you got. i i'm i don't think you're off but i think that i'm i'm at a, a way different place that you're at um if you ask me it's almost this almost is like the same the same reason why I was thrown off by the uh, the neon cross. Okay, it's like the uh, commoditization of religion. Oh, okay. I see. Like Jesus is like the famous like person, and everyone's like crowding him like around his big Cadillac. This is Jesus Christ superstar, right? <laughs> right. Everyone's like freaking out and raving, and he's like Jesus, like. I, I want to go in the Cadillac. Can I can I please go in the Cadillac? Like can can I join the entourage? Oh, he's like, like if he's on superstar. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh my god, it like it literally is. He's Cause, like, yeah, because of all like this. The, this is the technically purgatory. superstar. Yeah, this is technically superstar cranked up a bit because he's like, yo, <laughs> well, let me come the, and party, Jesus. This he's is like, like the I damn. See- these are the bones. These are like the bones of it, or like the foundation of that song. Yeah, like he's just like, but he's just straight up like, I don't even want to like be let into heaven. He's like, I want to come party. He's like, I want to like, you know, hang out with what you're doing. I see what you're doing. He's like, yo, does St. Peter know like that I'm trying to go in there? He's like, let me, uh, let me hop in. And um, so 
even looking at the end too, he goes, I heard you traded in your cross uh, to God, the father, God, the boss. And he's like, now let me ride in that thing. Yeah, you might be right. I think it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> I always took it from the perspective of that. He's like the, the Cadillac <laughs> is the hearse. And that's like the vessel that's going to bring him to Jesus when he passes. Um, and, and when he goes to like his, when he's, when he's long dead and he's being, um, when he's being, transferred to like his gravesite he's got to stop at the church um I, I, maybe you're right though i mean i guess it's going to be interpreted that way i'd like to hear him talk about it well, unfortunately if that, young, if that to... is the case um like in earnest if that's the case because it has to no matter what this has to be satirical because that song in earnest is a uh, just like asking to die yeah, that'd be literally him asking, please yeah, just let me die. Technically, like a sin, you can't. Like... Yeah, you never know. I mean, he had such a tough go of life, and he clearly had some. You know, I mean, I mean, him being killed is not really an indication of that, but more so like the alcoholism and the. I mean, he was. There's some stuff. I mean, I, I would like to see the film too. I, I wish I had gotten a chance to watch it before doing the podcast, but maybe we could talk about it at another point in time down the road. Um, you can definitely tell that this song is like heavily influenced from like that gospel band he was in. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. You can tell there's some roots in that. Um, he's, well, he, and you can tell he's like vocally trained for that too, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. like he's, he's like singing the, from the belly. Let's see. Um, okay, yeah. Let's move it. Let's 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 take it on to the next one here. Let's. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? Oh yeah, this one. This one next. This is a this is a beautiful song. A damn beautiful song. This one's called "Cold Cold World." I've tried for a long time, but think I can. I could do it all better if I could do it again Wherever I'm going, it's the same place I've been Ain't it a cold, cold world? Outside was hot, but inside I was cold The eyes of the young met the eyes of the old And what they were thinking I'll never be told Ain't it cold, cold Alright, that's cold, cold world Errol, I got a feeling you like this one tell, tell me what your thoughts are on it That goddamn mute button's getting you big time. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, but there is a reason for it today. I'm just, I've, my chest, I've just been coughing, but it has been. No, no, I been, trust you. I, I know. I've been, I've actually been coughing too. I've, I've got the same, I've got the same cough I had from like two episodes ago. Anyways, go ahead and tell it's me what big. you think about Cold Cold World. You're, you're right. I do really like this. This one's almost like the antithesis is sitting by the road. Yeah, it is. It's a very pessimistic view of, of it's it's the manic opposite. He's like, you know what? Forget this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I was good earlier. He's like, it's freezing tonight. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Although even then he's like, it's hot here. It was hot outside. He's like, but inside I'm cold. Yeah. He's like, you know what? Nice enough day. He's like, forget this. And then to top it all off, he's like, all right, maybe it's not that bad. Some old hags talking about daylight savings. He's like, it don't matter to me none. She's like, well, I don't mind. And then the bus driver's like, yo, you stole me money. He's like, man. It's a cold world. Man, I hate it here. This song is beautiful because this song – okay, you could look at this song two ways. You could look at it one way as like this is the bitchy song. This is like I'm bitching about life. And that's actually – I don't know. In my opinion, in real life, like I hate people who are like this. Like just like, oh, like I can't get ahead. It's like just just bitching. Just bitching for the sake of bitching, ventilating. But – in a musical sense, I absolutely adore it because it, it really harkens back to one of my favorite genres of music, which is just the damn blues again. Like, this is the blues. This is that Mississippi thick Delta stuff just brought to life via the acoustic guitar in a folk sound. And I really think he nails it. And listen, I believe that James Brown wrote, didn't he write a song of similar, of the, of the same, or no, he, that was, a, it's a man's world. That's totally different. Um, but I, it's either a way, cold world. <laughs> he might have wrote a cold world song too but um the blues are like this is all what the blues are about this is a this is how the blues reached people and why people fell in love with the blues because they were talking about in in a descriptive way when you're down on your luck and it gave people something to sing and it gave and the blues are the mississippi delta blues harken all the way back to like um, to the like the old slave songs, right? Like the, the songs was, that slaves would sing when they were on like the chain gangs, and and it just helped clean their souls. It was gospel. So it was like the word I've, of God. I was talking to like some friends in my group chat, and they're saying like a uh, like modern and like older country music provided the same outlet to like toxic masculinity, like in a world where you're supposed to be painted as just like rough and tough. You could have like a sad country song to be like, you know what? It's okay to be mad that the wife took the kids in the house. Like, you know what? I am feeling sad. Yeah. 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 Well, it's also, yeah. Cause like, listen, I'll say this, like uh, they, some of those country music song singers, I should say, like they did have that rough exterior. And if you listen, most people who know Merle Haggard know him for um, uh, mama tried and like, uh, rambling fever and you know working man blues like all these songs that were like kind of hard nosed like I was a bad boy like and I was I was you know I was an outlaw and like they but they don't know they don't know the Merle Hag the sweet Merle Haggard songs like Merle Haggard had these beautifully sweet nice songs that really were um, there were love songs to his to his um, whoever he you know his his wife or whoever and you know, his love interests, but he also like, that's an interesting thought because they really like kind of allowed men who, especially at a time where it was very difficult for men to talk about their feelings. It gave men a chance to like sing songs. They're like, Oh shit, that feels good. Cause I actually, I actually did feel that internally. And now I hear one of my, you know, a famous, a famous man singing about those feelings and now i can sing it off too like think about even hank williams think about the damn mm-hmm. hank you know that you know the one i'm talking about the hank williams song that got famous because that kid was singing it in a walmart um geez i can't i can't off the top of my head i can't remember it um i'm so lonesome i could cry i believe no 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 love sick blues that's the one 
the love sick blues. This dude gets in that song. This dude, Hank Williams. Okay, Hank Williams. You're talking about an artist who's probably a terrible guy. Let's let's be let's be frank. <laughs> probably probably the worst, right? Just just probably totally. You, you would imagine. I don't want to espouse. I can't form an opinion. I, I can't. I can't say he was racist, but I'm just gonna assume. And that's probably maybe that's not right of me, but I'm I'm just I'm presuming. But I mean, as a, on a personal level, he, he died in his 20s from just like slant, just way too much whiskey, like just killed him. But nonetheless, this man was a pioneer of some of a sort because in like the 40s, he's singing about his woman like leaving him and like cheating on him and being like and two timing him. And like that's a very shameful thing, like especially for a man to endure that. In right to like 40s. admit, be like she got me. Yeah, that lovesick blues. I is wasn't like, man enough to like keep her. Yeah, like in so, the house. It's what I mean. It's like he he he's like real. That's actually pretty like an important thing that country music singers did. And I, I respect. Listen, I respect the craft, man. Like I don't know what the hell's happened to country. I mean music. that I if that happened to me, I couldn't come out and be like. She left me. She said I was a chum. She sleep with someone else. Yeah. I would never admit that, but that's good no, for him. But that's an outlet. That's what I mean. Is like, and there's there's actually this interesting book called uh, by Terrence Real. It's called I don't want to talk about it, and it's it's specifically um, for men out there listening. It's uh it's actually specifically centered around the difficulties that like men have faced across time. And especially all the way up until now with like um, confronting their emotional issues via psychotherapy or, or however, however they could, you know, whatever outlet they need. And we'll talk actually a little bit about this next week with uh, when we get into the psychedelic medicine stuff. Um, but that book actually kind of tackles like some of the expectations of men to um, subdue all their like emotional responses, especially the negative ones that could be perceived as like weakness in the world and uh country music was a great outlet for some of those men to kind of get some of that stuff out in a musical sense oh yeah um, and i think this was this was a good this is a good point about that i thought that was an interesting take you you had there um yeah no that's the that's the theater people they because they sent a meme that's like um all like male country songs are like like she took the kids, she took the house. Well, it has a and, reput- it has a reputation of being like very. It's always sad. Like it's always sad music. And then all the girl country songs are like, "Oops, I killed my husband." Or the or they're like the Carrie Underwood one where she's like, uh, maybe like she's like gonna key his car because because uh, he cheated. It, I it, I said in the chat I was like it's because country music appeals to what um like country men want and what country women need and country men want to be understood and country women need to kill their husband <laughs> and key the car like and they have the to do it the way there. Yeah, no. they um, probably deserved it so it's got to happen yeah maybe and maybe not i actually think there's a beautiful place in this world for country music i think country music is like i think it's i think it's gotten it's gotten a little out of control like where it is now is even the catchy shit, catchy poppy shit that I actually sometimes do enjoy listening to is not country music a and B it's like, it's every song is about the same damn thing. And it's like a clever, it's like a cheeky, clever written tune about something, something really, they're all alcoholics. This is the problem. You guys have to stop drinking, like stop well, what it is. It's drinking um, so much. All it's, if you're a country music star, like you're just trying to get an alcohol sponsor. 
No, it's not that. It's because it's because it appeals to the honky tonk bars that where they want their music to get played, and also that's where they're like performing. No, like that's where next. It's the exact opposite of like the strip clubs. Because in rap, that's there's a it's it's called like the strip club test where you go to Houston, and if it bumps in Houston at the strip club, you're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like well, in Houston, the the, the country music version of that would be Nashville. Like my my wife and I went to Nashville back in twenty. 17 and uh, man we were there on like a tuesday night in the middle of the fall on this on like the main street in nashville downtown nashville just kind of bouncing around for, to listen to going to the honky tonks the honky tonk bars on the strip tuesday night this place is it, it's like new orleans like and there's and these musicians are incredible they're just the talent is is unbelievable this is on a tuesday night the house the places are packed and there's like a up and there's a rising star on the stage playing somewhere uh, on every on any given night in uh, in Nashville, and um, I think that's what uh, some of that is good, some of that is bad. There's some bad country music out there. I do think there are some good artists out there doing things differently now. We'll, we'll actually talk. Jason Isbell, I would say, is a country music guy, sort of. I don't really like putting him in that box. I think he's kind of on his own street. Sort of, so to speak, like I don't know that he quite fits in that box, but um, there are some other ones that could be we could list out. But would you put him like folk then? Nah, he's just he. I call it alt country because alt country is different for me because it's like it's almost like um. So you've got like you know what the best compare? I'll use film because you know me. I'm I'm always I'm always heart always comes back to the film for me. Um, the what the way I describe it is. Um, country music is uh, is like a romantic film, like a Matthew McConaughey rom-com, right? That's country music. It's very popular. It makes a lot of money. A lot of people see it. It's very, very, very famous. Alt country is a, uh, is like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. It's like, a uh, it, it's like an art house. Yeah, it's like it's more it's more it's 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 more thoughtful. It reaches at deeper emotions. It doesn't quite sound the same or in, in the case of film look the same. It's got some bigger ideas that are kind of stripped down in in a, and more accessible in like a laid layered back sort of way. Um I, that's how I would compare it. Like alt country like you got like Uncle Tupelo and like Wilco and drive by truckers and Jason Isbell used to be in that band. So like he would fall in that category as well. And uh, whiskey town. And there's, there's a lot of, of, I could, you could go on forever listening to all, all countries been around for my morning jacket. I would consider that as well. Like there's a lot of these types of bands and I, it's one of my favorite f- forms of music because it kind of like, it's like a low fidelity Leonard Skinner type of deal, which I think is just great. Um, and there's not a lot of it out there, but there's, enough to go around and i think it's um it's keeping country music alive and in the in the shadows so to speak um Mm -hmm. but that being said i think we should keep this we'll keep this let's jump back onto the album and keep the train rolling um next up after cold we just did cold cold world next one coming up uh that one's gonna be let me just pull it up it's uh, the way you smile. I'm off my game. You're right. It's the way you smile. So next up, the way you smile. Give it a listen.
sweet song am i wrong errol what do you think about that too no i think you're right it's one of those songs so this is one of the one of two of his songs that i find to be just like like very refreshing very like they don't they don't this is kind of like we were just talking about a little bit where like he's just writing this to like um clearly someone he truly loves and like letting him know how how he loves them i just think it's a i think it's one of his sweeter songs i i, I mean what do you do, does it I, I know it's maybe not one you go to um wouldn't be one that you would like circle back to to throw on repeat because it is it is slow and soft and sweet but um i actually do i think it is a, a good listen yeah no i think it's really nice it's almost it's like uh like you said like an homage to someone special mm-hmm. i like the i like the the line that always gets me in the song he says sometimes i just don't like me do you ever feel that way it's not the same though it's it's probably not the same like right like like that one that's when you know he had problems like when he says it like that like like you might not like you might not like yourself but like you don't not like me like it's probably not it's probably not right, like, like I, I feel about yeah me. mine's worse <laughs> yeah you really feel it the way he says it like it's like it's almost uh, passive the way he says it, and it's. Um... I like the i I like the lyric that or the uh, like the stuff that leads into it, where he's like, "What do you think of that? What do you think of this?" He's like, "That's not important." He's like, "You ever do you ever just don't like yourself?" He's like, "Yeah, no, me neither." But my mind's worse. The song almost <laughs> the song almost feels half written, and in in a you know, strange way it works like i'm glad it's half written this way because it or he like stripped it way back to make it even even more simple like because it really is like what he's getting at here is like there's some a little bit of cliches in here there's definitely some um i mean it's just a very stripped back simple song that you like once again another campfire tune that's just nice and sweet and kind of sad and somber but um there's also is also very nice and and you know who he's talking to it's almost like he sat right in front of um his lover and like wrote this right to her while she yeah, it's like a conversation with him yeah truly yeah i think that's a good way to put it very very conversational um okay well let's move into the next track the next track coming up uh this is the ninth in the album this one's called rainbows and bridges take a listen Lovers and music 
all have time Someone gets started and someone resigns Interstate highways and buses and planes But only take horses down memory lanes Everything passes what past will That's Rainbows and Ridges. Errol, uh, give me some of your initial thoughts on this one. I think it's a, I think it's a goodie. It's another simple, short one, but what do you think? Yeah, I think it's another just nice, sweet song. Um, I, um, I lean a little harder towards like the front of the album. This is where he loses you. Not, no, he doesn't like lose me, but um. It's almost just like too like slow and sweet, and I got a lot of that from like the way you smile and uh, yeah, like clay pigeons and stuff. But it's um, it's very much like the uh, the like the the sincere like feel that he that he tends to offer in this song. It's like I don't I don't want to say that like uh, it's like not too like good or anything, but I was just I had to sprint through the album, so I was like really gripped by a lot of the lot of the stuff and then this one is i feel like i might have just had like a album fatigue i guess now for me it, it's not you it's this one this this has always been the one that i like I, I i tend to skip and it tricks me too because i think i'm really gonna like it because i actually i actually don't love the i like the melodies um but i really and what i like most about it though is the instrumentation like that those those like those picked notes those uh the the little um i don't know i'm not musical enough to know exactly what he's doing there but like he's doing like a little like a half scale really quick like like i really like what he's doing with the with the guitar mostly in this song and less so the the writing um i do like the song i think it's catchy i don't mind when it's on i i tend to if there's a song on the album i skip it's usually this one you know uh you know what songs like this like make good for what's that make really good remixes oh sure yeah especially with the with the instrumentation because the the guitar work could be you could do a lot with that you can move it around mm-hmm. and the in the uh like chorus is nice like rainbows and ridges rhymes and rhymes yeah yeah it's it's good yeah it's good um all right let's move into the next one and we'll get closing this thing out here pretty soon Next one up, this one's a fun one. And when I say fun, I mean funny. This one's great. This one's called Fat Boy. Well, it used to be heavy, but now I'm thin. Belly home, now my chest keeps in. Piles of glass and my bridges fit me right. Long and my hair is too, you don't have to move over cause I can get through. I won't be a fat boy anymore. Well, I couldn't play ball cause I couldn't run fast. Never got dates cause I never got ass. Couldn't jump high or walk around too long. 
Couldn't talk much about the women I had Friends talk about me feel real bad I won't be a fat boy anymore Well, the girls would tell me that my eyes was blue Sometimes told me this was too Said I was funny and sweet as a mama's pie Man, long years hardly ever got laid Now no damn that news have been paid I won't be a fat boy anymore Okay, that one's called Fat Boy. That one's funny as shit. I love it. It's great. This is a great song. This is well written. This is comedic. This is catchy as shit. This this ticks all my boxes. What about you, Errol? Mute. Muted. I wasn't muted. I was just collect. No, yeah, I was muted. Jesus. Um. <laughs> so, I really like it as just like a uh like a scorn like f- like fat boy's anthem <laughs> it really is it's, it's you like, know what i mean he's 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 really you could tell this dude was at one point fat because he's had to have been or at least like it had a friend yeah he's like yeah no i'm funny yeah, i'm sweet but like i'm a fat boy <laughs> yeah but I think it's so funny because, like, he's like, that's the only thing that's stopping me. Like, he's like, I'm not shallow like you guys are. Yeah, I mean, he's like, just... if I wasn't fat, it'd all be different. Yeah, and now, 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 now that he's not fat, things are going better, but still not great. <laughs> right? Yeah, then that's. A, I think it's. Um, I think he almost like knows that too. But it's just like there's that hope, like that holding out, like because although like in high school I was like, oh, I'm I'm fat because I technically weigh two hundred pounds, but like my muscle percentile was like I was just had a lot of muscle, so even like a healthy weight for me would have been like one seventy. Let's go, I'm fat. <laughs> like no, you're not. And even if you were like skinny, if someone were to like date you or not date you because you're fat or skinny, like the, the shallow, like that's <laughs> if thirty pounds is gonna like make or break you, you, you don't want to date that person. At least me. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's it's about, I mean, it's about transformation, but it's also about like, um, I think he's just right. I think he's mostly writing the song to, to he's, he's poking fun. He's being self-deprecating. Um, and he's, he's doing it really fucking well too. Cause it does, it, it, it gets a chuckle out of me every time I hear the song. Um, but it's also like, it's almost like he wrote this song to remind himself of like, of like why it's better to not be fat. <laughs> But that's just my perspective. Yeah. But yeah, it's just something that like everyone, uh, all the big boys can like, like, yeah, you know, he's right. Yeah. You can sleep. You can sleep on a pallet when the party ends. (laughs) That's fucking great, man. I mean, that's really funny. That's just really, really funny. Um, all right, we'll move on from this one. Let's move into the next one. The next one's called Faded Love Faded Loves and Memories. Faded Love Memories. How they Shoulders only making me look older than I am. 
tier ones if you ask me oh really okay oh that's a yeah. surprising for me no i really like this because you could slap this right in the right in a fallout game and it oh you're so right eye. you're so right this oh, song yeah. this song needs all this thing all this song truly needs is the wailing of a steel guitar in the background and it, and you could play it in any in any truck diner in america throw or like even like a piano yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an old grand piano would fit yep. perfect in this one. But like, once again, low fidelity, poor recorded, poor production uh, quality on some tape recorder. And like, you have the bones of like classic country songs, but like they're just, they're coming to you in this form. And I, I still love it even as, as is for sure. But this is, this is a beautiful country song right here. I mean, it really is. And it's, and it's exactly what country songs do. Like we were saying, it's, it's, it's just meant here. It's just here to be sad. It's just a, it's a snow globe of sadness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Just to be shaken up every now and again. And especially as, as the memories, like as his love and memories fade, um, like, like he, he's reminded, he's reminded when he sees, um, when he sees a person, a, a woman flip her hair or brush her shoulder. Yeah, and I I think it's also said too that he's saying like the uh, like not only the memories have faded but also the love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like very it's very painful song, very painful, and you can you can really feel it in his voice too. I mean, he's 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 pouring himself out here. Yeah, and he doesn't even want to like he doesn't even want to cry about it. He's like a one more time, one more sad old country song. He's like another day, another dollar. Here we are. Yep, another sad country song, faded love, memories. You he's know, just like he's just ex- is exhausted from his pain, <laughs> right? And he knows everyone else is sick of everything else too. So he's <laughs> like, here, here it is. Here I am. All right, well, let's close this puppy out. Let's do our last track. Errol, this one is uh, this is a big one for me. This one's called If I Can Only Fly. Take a listen. Almost felt you touching me just now. I knew which way to turn and go Feel so good and I feel so bad I wonder what I 
I'd be this place goodbye Come and be with you I can hardly stand I got nowhere to run Another sinking sun Another lonely night Alright, that's If I Could Only Fly by Blaze Foley. Errol, I'm going to come right out and say this is my favorite song on the album. Oh man, you should have let me get you should have gave me the second because I was gonna be like, This is your favorite song. I know it. <laughs> I should have given you, you the same do it, you How are you jerk. gonna know that? Damn. Did I already say it No. Oh wow, you just know me that well. Okay. I should have jumped out and spread. yeah, but I was like, I was gonna be like, This is your favorite one. You're goddamn right. This is this this is the best damn song. This is the best song you wrote too on this on this collection. Me I think Clay Pigeons is probably the most well written song, but this one is this one is like this is Blaze Foley to me. This song is tr- is truly Blaze Foley. It's about his his wife at the time, Sybil Rosen. Um, it was at the time in the late seventies. It was his most is like the song he was most well known for. His most popular. Um, uh, Merle Haggard picked the track up at one point and cut uh, cut it with uh, as a duet with Willie Nelson in eighty seven. I've heard. And, yeah, that's what it's from. Okay, and they used to sing it in concerts together. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's it's a beautiful fucking song, man. The song, um, it actually when I when I first kind of started listening to Blaze Foley, it was like right after my uh, my oldest was born, and like this song would like I was working a lot, and I used to like I used to play this for her when I would rock her to sleep, and she would just it would just make her go to sleep. I like the song will always be kind of attached to my my daughter for sure because it's like the the nights that I would come home and she would be like ready for bed, and like she's she was just a little baby, so I would like. I always used to rock her to sleep and I'd put my phone right next to the, 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 the table next to the chair, rocking chair. And I would just rock her to sleep to songs like this. And this was one of the, one of like the 10 tracks that would just, she would just be out like a light. Cause it is, it's very like, it's lulling and it's, it's so sweet. And it's, it's all, the whole song is, you don't have to dissect this one. This one's not deep. It's not, it doesn't have any, um, like deeper connotations it's it's just about not being with the 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 person you love or want to be with and wishing that you could be with them and wishing that they could be with you um while you're away so it's like about being lonely but being in love and loving someone from but it's about longing yeah longing is that's the word that's exactly the word right i figured if um this one wasn't your favorite or like not the song you get attached to uh one of uh one of the girls it would have been the way you smile Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's this this will this one will live forever and in, in my mind with uh, with my kids. It's it's fantastic. And um, I've never I really haven't really had to have too many. I will say that, like he says, um, you know, another sinking sun, another lonely night. Um, like I don't, I've been very lucky. I know a lot of fathers are out there who don't get to be with their kids. They have to spend nights away from their kids. I haven't had too many of those. There's been only a few in my, in their entire lives so far. And they're, they're, hopefully that hopefully there's very few to go, you know, cause it's, you, you want to be with your family as much as possible. But um, the song is just like, it, it, it's a heartache song, right? This song is about, aching to be with the the ones you love and longing for them like you said it, it's a it's as sweet as songs get it's and he's i think melodically it's like the prettiest he sings um for me i think it's his like it's his best vocal performance 
Um, it's great. It's a damn masterpiece. You, are you on that page, or are you? Or is it kind of just okay for you? No, I I really like it. Um, there maybe this is like a really big reach, and it probably is like the biggest reach that I like that I tend to do. But I like jumps jumps like this. Um, there's something like hauntingly beautiful about this man singing about wanting to fly when like the animal most known for singing is a bird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. He's like a song. He wants, he's like a songbird. Right. But like it, without the one thing without that he wings. wants to. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. So it's like a bird without its wings is literally nothing. So, and that's also like, kind of like the depressive thing that he's like on about. He's like, he feels like something's missing or whatnot, but like if he could only fly, then he would like truly be, oh, you, be know whole. He, you know, it would have like really played well for the song. Like if you, uh, if you could have done like, if at the very end he closed the song out with like a verse where he whistles that melody at the end. Right. That would have been perfect. That would have been, but even like the, the melody, I mean, and also like reaching just because I've already like, kind of like came to that conclusion, but yeah. like, it almost like do 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 like I could hear that like in the do do do. Yeah, it does. It kind of does. Yeah, I, you know, you're not. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's a happy coincidence, though. I think that because yeah, exactly. you're right. I think that fits pretty well because that does sound. It does sound like something a, a bird would 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 hum to or or whistle to or however. Or, like something that you would hear like that would be melodic on accident. In yeah, nature. like in in the trees during the during the summer. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I actually, no, that's not that big of a reach. It's actually, I think it's, it'd be a reach to say that he was intending to make, to draw that connection. I think it's, I don't think that's what you're saying though. I think. Right. Right. I don't just, think that that was his, his intended, but, but that, it works that in is, that context too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite song on the tracks or on the album. So um, that, what do you that think one mine is. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. Let's do it. Um. If I had to get, I'm kind of now that we've talked about it, I'm I'm almost I'm almost like feeling to I have a feeling to change my uh, or reselect a different pick for your favorite song. I'm gonna say that you your favorite is going to be. I think you like uh, I think you like Cold Cold World. Oh, very close, almost literally like close. In um, both the, is it the way you smile? No, no, it's a let me ride your big Cadillac. Oh, it's the Cadillac. That one, let that me one. ride in that Cadillac, Lord Jesus. Move on <laughs> and, over. And in your context, bitch ass up. In your context, it's the hearse song. <laughs> it's so it's so jaunty, and it's like a like a like a gospel. I do. And yeah, because he so opens fun. it like a gospel. Like he's just like. Cause it's nice and it's like really slow the way he intros it. And then when he drops that fucking, when he drops into the, into the picking, like he just picks up the tempo, like three, threefold and goes right into the tune. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of gospel in that tune. And he's like, just talking so candidly with Jesus. He's like, I know it's sick. Give me the Cadillac. <laughs> like, not even <laughs> like, you. like, like, Oh, I can't wait to go to heaven. He's like, no, cut it out. We're going to pull up to the gates. We're going to post up. It's fucking great. It is a great song. It is definitely yeah. a great song. 
Um, no, I love that. I love that tune too. I, I love this whole thing. Like I th- there's very few tracks on it that I dislike and I know it's not a studio album and I know that these are all, it's right. compiled, but it's, it's, it's fucking awesome. I remember the first, the first time I gave this, this, you know, uh, what is uh, this hand, this handful of songs or whatever you want to call it this compiled list of songs, this, this playlist of, of blaze Foley tunes. I remember I listened to this whole thing on repeat for like, two days like all day at work i was just like just tapping on it just kind of it, it fits for a, a working day like i really think it, it like it's great music in the background of a working day like it really is it just kind of just taps along and and it, and you get to you get intimate with the songs and you get to know their melodies and where he's going and what he's singing about and his voice is nice and low and um he, he's great man blaze foley was uh you know r.i.p because i think he was i think he had a bright bright future and it was um self-sabotaged in many ways and in other ways cut short by the uh barrel you know, i feel like sometimes if people talk about like oh this person ruined their life this rock star ruined their life by doing drugs and alcohol maybe they only got there because of the drugs and alcohol has anyone ever thought about that it's very like, that's the underlying conversation no it's they like... all get there and they all do it is it a good so, trade though that's the question. Is it like, is it, it is for it, us. Is it, in, yeah, for us, but is it immoral to call for that? Like, is it, should, should, should we want that for our artists or should we well, try think, to find a new way? Well, that's kind of like uh, what a, the, a lot of people argue in hip hop. They're like, just because it takes like, ideally uh, without, for lack of a better word, like murder, selling drugs, um, doing drugs, no, being like promiscuous. There, there's been there's been a movement. The difference is is that there's been a movement of of that genre of music being hyper hyper successful without that stuff. Like the conscious the conscious hip hop movement of like the early two thousands to two thousand tens was hyper successful. No name no name won like album of the year. I think. What did and she? No name, and she's like very a very conscious rapper. Wait, who, when was that? What was it last year? No name. I don't know. I don't know that. Um, oh, if it, well, if it's last year, then I definitely. Well, let me see. So let me see. Um, I just, I, I guess, I just mean to say that, like, the difference with rap music is, I think, rap music can, um, rap music can do that. It's just, it's kind of unfortunately developed this culture of, of like that being. And Lupe talks about this a lot, and especially some of his newer songs about like how that culture is really kind of like it's got rap music by in a chokehold and the culture it's it's become they've integrated right they've become one and the same the the culture of of like of like drug dealing and and violent hip-hop music is is unfortunately created a culture that actually exercises some of the stuff that's being rapped about whereas like back in the 90s like nwa wasn't like those guys weren't doing the shit they were saying they were doing in their rap songs. They were just writing rap songs about NWA wasn't rapping about, they weren't doing the things they were rapping about. Neither was, um, I mean, things kind of started to take a different shape when Tupac and, and Biggie were killed, but um, I don't know. I think there's a big difference, um, but um, anyways, what do you, let's, let's take a short break. And then when we come back, let's, you want to do our rating and review? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with you guys in just a moment. Um, after the short break, then we'll give our rating and review for Sitting by the Road by Blaze Foley. See you in a moment. Sitting by the road. 
not a doubt in my mind. But if you believe that, you believe anything. Staying when it's nice, go out when it rains. What's bad about that? When you're sitting by the back folks that was uh sitting by the road with uh by blaze foley talk to that talk that album uh one two three one through twelve every track um i think it's a great album errol why don't you i started last time why don't you kick us off with a, a little review of, of what your thoughts are on the music itself and uh give us a rating out of 10 so it's it's kind of right in my wheelhouse like for ex- for like how i feel just like a happy go lucky but not so happy all the time and also sometimes not so go lucky but like just trying your best so it's a it just seems very honest because of that like he, he you get a glimpse of the man he's not a bad guy but he's not like not great stuff doesn't happen to him so it's hard to stay like stoic in the face of all that and like you you just see what he he tells you what he's going through a little bit and in a, a almost it's almost campy like how That's it why is I kind of picked it's, it because I, I mean I thought that this I, I picked this one this was my pick for uh, the for we kind of alternate picks but this one was mine and uh, I I thought it really fit well with our podcast a um, because it truly is peripheral he's an underground artist and he does have a following of some of some kind but not not a very big one and I really thought that you would get a, I thought you would get a lot of joy out of listening to it. There still, yeah, I lose you. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. no, I'm, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so okay, well, that's that's a good that's a good start. Um, why don't you give us a give us your rating out of ten? What do you think? Um, not, I I really not me really, this time. <laughs> yeah, no, I I really like it. Um, it's I wouldn't say that it's like one of my uh, like favorite things, like top tier media, but I do think it's like worth a listen, and I and I think it's for the production value. And that's another thing I will always get. If you do less production and like do more with less, that's exponential in my book. Um, because of that, uh, I, I give this a uh, um, 8.5. Ooh, another 8.5 for Meryl. Wow. Yep. You really liked it. Okay, that's excellent. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. No, I'm glad to hear that, especially because um, I kind of introduced it to you. So I was hoping – I was really hoping you'd like it. I kind of had a feeling you would um, – I think what I love about well, I'll, I'll we can dive into mine now too. My little, I'll do my little spiel about it, and it won't won't take too long. But the the one thing I've learned about this album over time is that I I love this album or I love this group of songs more specifically because how well it ages. I love this more and more as I listen to it more. Um, I get more familiar with the songs, and I I they're so repeatable and they're so re-listenable. Um, I think they're just great. I think it's, and, and he's such a, ta- he was such a talented artist and it is such a tragic story. Um, I'm glad that Ethan Hawke made the film about him. I will, I will eventually watch that film and 
Um, I think everybody should go check it out because he had a very interesting story. Um, ben Dickey, who plays um, Blaze in the film, is also a very talented artist. Um, uh, what is the radio station? The Seattle radio station. Um, I'll pull it up right now while I'm, while I'm kind of uh, killing time. Um, WKXP, I believe. Um, yes. It's, anyone who's interested in listening to a couple of stories about Blaze Foley, um, listening to a couple of his songs performed by Ben Dickey, um, along with some other music, uh, he and Ben, he and Ethan Hawke sit down and they talk about the film. They talk about Blaze Foley. They talk, uh, they, 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 uh, play a couple of tunes on uh, check that out on YouTube. Ethan Hawk and Ben Dip- Ben Dickey discuss Blaze full performance KEXP. That's uh, the Seattle radio station. It's a great little inside lane to what goes on with uh, what, what went on with Blaze fully and what his life was like. And um, you could hear some stories about about Blaze and 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 it's really just a he was a fascinating guy. And I hope we can talk Towns Van Sant sometime too because I really think the biggest contribution he made was his writing i thought that this there was a really high skill level of writing that was just kind of getting started i know he was 39 but i think his best years were ahead of him if if he had just gotten it on the tracks um it was a it's a bummer to lose the guy at, at such a young age at 39 as rough a life as he lived um but this collection of songs in this order and these recordings um they're some of my favorite to listen to and uh I'm going to give it, uh, I'm not going to actually, I'm going to give it a le- lower rating than arrow, but not by much. Um, the only thing I, I will say, I prefer, I guess, maybe if I'm going to demerit it, anything, um, I would have just loved to hear these songs. Um, I love hearing them in the low fidelity. It, it makes my day to listen to stuff like that because it's so raw and it's so straight from the heart, but I guess without a studio version or a studio album version, um, I think that would have really elevated these songs um, because I do think they're, if, if they had had some backing instrumentation, steel guitars, grand pianos, stuff that we talked about, um, maybe an electric sound. I really think they could have elevated the songs. These songs were, as they're stripped down, I love them as they are. But I do think um, they were tailor-made for beautiful country songs, uh, big big ballad country songs they could have been. Um, so for me, it's, I- an eight out, it's a big fat eight out of ten. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. I think I gave it the point five because I prefer it stripped down. I thought so. Yeah, I thought it's so. like a true a true peek into like what was going on without like being. Uh, it's so raw. It's just yeah, right without there. being altered as much as like it could while still presenting something because we could have very well not had this. Yeah, very much so because it's there. These were um, these were all these recordings were done in the treehouse. So like, like he was living in this treehouse with his wife, Sybil. And it, it, like, you really feel like you're in the treehouse with them when you listen to it because of how raw and how low, low fi it is. It's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, it feels like he sits you, sit you right down. I just feel, I guess I'd only take points off. It's not to take points off of necessarily the songs. I think the songs are amazing. Um, I, I think I'm only, I feel like just because of what happened to him, his story was incomplete. Um, and I would have just so much, I would have so much love to, and I hate to take points off for a tragic loss or a tragic death, but and I'm not really taking points off. I just, how I feel about these songs, I, I think an eight out of 10 is solid for me. That, that feels pretty, right. pretty good, but he could have did better if he didn't die. Minus two points. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here from Jake folks. 
Uh, listen, Minus two for a skill I'm issue. I'm a real tough grade. I'm a tough grade. You gotta I'll tell you, he would easily got one more star if he grabbed that gun from the guy and turned it on him. Wait till, wait till you he hear won. what I've wait till you hear what I've got to say about Kurt Cobain. I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> two out of ten. Never mind. <laughs> um, I think it's a great album. Kurt Cobain, uh, one out of two. <laughs> was a sawed off, right? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say one out of two shots, <laughs> <laughs> two barrels. That's dark. That's very dark. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's close this thing out. Um, it was great to talk about Blaze Foley. I was really happy that we got to it. Um, thank you, Earl, for for diving into that because it is a uh, it's a great it's a great collection of songs. I thought you'd enjoy it, and I'm glad we got. Yeah, it. thank you for showing it to me. I did enjoy it. Yeah, good. Okay, great. So uh, coming up next on the Peripheral Views podcast, um, we kind of announced it in the fireside chat what was on deck. We're, we're so far so good. We're staying on task. Uh, next week, we're gonna have a, uh, a we're gonna have an episode that's going to tackle uh, psychedelic medicine. Um, we haven't really ironed out. A, we, I, I don't know about you, Errol. I've I've started a lot of small bits of research but they're kind of scattered so we're going to tighten things up and um try to start pulling that together pulling that episode all together and then we'll sit down and record it um sometime about a week from now and it'll be out uh next monday so um that being said there will also be on the back half of that um of that episode we're going to have a, an interview with errol's uncle what, what's your uncle's name why don't you introduce him to the audience again no my uncle mick mccarthy he has a, a testimonial Yes, this is going to be fantastic. He has had, he's had, um, we're going to kind of talk about his experience. He, uh, he has had a, a medicinal psychedelic experience um, for um, purposes that he's going to describe and uh, downstream effects that he's going to talk to us about. We've got a, a nice little um, array of questions that we're going to kind of run by him and he can describe his experience and uh, we'll sit down and do that interview um, sometime in the next week as well. And then we'll put those two, uh, two parts of the episode together and we'll have it out for you guys next Monday. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Errol, do you have anything else you would like to uh, add to the pod before we close things out? No, not really. Other than it was, um, is it like you said, tra- man that was tragically struck down, he was incredibly talented. So it's kind of a shame that we didn't get to see like, like um, a true magnum opus. Cause you could see yeah. that he was just like, he was definitely just toying around with uh, it. He was very just, talented. He was just getting, he was just getting the engine started. He was just sitting by the road. Dude. He was getting he was just warmed chilling. up sitting by the road. All right. Beautiful. That being said, uh, eight out of five, 8.5 for Errol out of 10, eight out of 10 for me. Um, another, another high rating. Um, we're, we're going to probably start hitting some stuff that's going to get lower ratings at some point around, the, around the, these parts, but, uh, in the not meantime, yet. not yet, not yet. Still good stuff so far. Um, so that being said, we are on uh, X at Peripheral V123. We are on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you listen to us on any of those platforms, please do us a huge favor and subscribe, rate, and review. Helps us in tremendously with our analytics, with algorithms, gets, um, you know, prompts the growth that we're looking for this year. It really would be a tremendous, tremendous help to us if you folks could do us the solid. Um, peripheralviewspodcast.com that's the website check us out there all the uh, content we record is up on that website at all times along with a we do have a ratings page on there so you can always check back in with us if you're um if you could you know you want to see what our rating was for something and you can go back into that page and and check out it's all going to get posted there too 
Um, we are on uh, also on soundcloud.com forward slash peripheral views one, two, three. If you happen to use that, we are all of our content is up there as well. Um, if you want to reach us more directly, we are at uh, you can reach us by, by email at peripheralviewspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and our library is growing. We've got this is the fourth installment of our music series. We've got about eight films, seven or eight films um, in that series. Uh, we've got some biographies coming up. We've got more music coming up, more film. We've got history stuff coming up so we're, we're really starting to continue to diversify we've got a bunch of different series in the podcast launched and, and growing so just keep tabs on all that stuff as it develops um and uh, next week we'll be talking a little psychedelic medicine but in the meantime we appreciate all the listenership we've acquired so far thank you guys again check back in with us on monday for that episode and uh we look forward to seeing you all next again on the next round of the peripheral news podcast let me ride in your big Cadillac, oh Jesus. Let me ride in your big Cadillac. I can see the pearly gates where the angels wait, standing all around your big Cadillac. Won't you take me by the hand, lead me to the promised land, and let me ride in your big Cadillac? Does St. Peter know that I want to go for a ride in your big Cadillac? Ride those streets paved with gold where nobody will get old, riding in the back of your big Cadillac. Let me ride in your big Cadillac, Lord Jesus, let me ride in your big Cadillac. Let me ride in your big Cadillac, Lord, Lord, just let me ride in your big Cadillac. In my mansion's grand, I can hear an angel band and see the keys to your big Cadillac. Take me by a nail-scarred hand, lead me out of this old world and let me ride in your big Cadillac. I'm so tired of walking around, let me hear your trumpet sound and let me ride in your big Cadillac. Heard you traded in your cross to God, the Father, God, the boss. Now let me ride in your big Cadillac. Let me ride in your big Cadillac, Lord Jesus. Let me ride in your big Cadillac. Let me ride in your big Cadillac, Lord, Lord. Just let me ride in your big Cadillac.